Jesus Christ was crucified on Passover. He was buried on unleavened bread and resurrected on first fruits. Now, Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits are Jewish feast days. It was Passion Week in Jerusalem when Jesus Christ fulfilled these first three Jewish feast days. Hi, everybody. I'm Jimmy DeYoung, and you need to understand the connection between the Passion of Jesus Christ and prophecy. We have available for you a series entitled The Passion and Prophecy, a five-hour CD audio series that will help you look at the period of the Passion, the place of the Passion, the red heifer, and how Jesus Christ is a fulfillment of that particular Jewish ordinance. What about the Song of Songs? That's the Song of Solomon's, and the Jewish people believe that is the Holy of Holies in Scripture. And then I'll be talking about the Mount of Olives on this series. Would you like to hear an introduction to the Passion and Prophecy, this five-hour CD audio series? Well, if you would, just stay right there because we're going to play an introduction, and I'll be back to tell you how you can get your own personal copy of the Passion and Prophecy. Now here's the introduction. What about the type? Well, the type, the crucifixion, was sacrifice. We're approaching Christmas. If you ever come to Israel with us, now if you don't go with Elwood McQuaid, I suggest you come with us. And uh, we're second best anytime. But uh, when you come, I take you to Bethlehem, and we stop overlooking the shepherd's fields. And I speak about the time of Christmas. And I can prove from the scripture, actually, Christmas took place in the month of December. I can prove that from the scriptures. I don't have to debate it. I can prove it from the scriptures. Always, somebody wants to say, wait a minute, Jimmy, those shepherds were in the fields watching their sheep by night when Jesus Christ was born and the angels appeared unto them. Don't you know, in the middle of December, that it's rainy, cold season in Israel and the shepherds wouldn't be in the field. Now, two things. First of all, I live in Israel. So I think I might know a couple of things. The second thing I know is that's not correct. Or at least at the time of Jesus Christ. Because you know what those shepherds were out there? They were priestly shepherds. You know what they did? They were the shepherds over the lambs that were to be used in the temple four and a half miles away for sacrifice. You see, Bethlehem was the holding pen for the sacrificial lambs. Hear what I said? Bethlehem was the holding pen for the sacrificial lambs. It was the holding pen for the sacrificial lamb. And those priestly shepherds watching over those sacrificial lambs out there. Sacrifice. The ultimate sacrifice, but before that. Let me think about sacrifices with you just a moment. Because we want to think about the importance of the type. Sacrifices. Sacrifices in the past. You know what the book of Leviticus is? The book of Leviticus is 27 chapters, which is basically a manual for the priests who were going to serve in the tabernacle and were going to serve in the temple when they had the permanent worship center located in the city of Jerusalem. Every Jewish young man at two years of age starts to learn the book of Leviticus especially if he's of the uh, priestly tribe, uh, the tribe of Levi, and he must have his mother read through the book of Leviticus for him, and he reads through that, and he reads through that, and he studies for 30 years. That's when he becomes, well, 28 years, actually. He becomes a priest at 30 years of age. 
And he continued to study the book of Leviticus. First seven chapters of the book of Leviticus are a system of sacrifices. The next three chapters, 8, 9, and 10, a standard for the priest. And then from chapter 7 to 27, it's a system of worship to be used at that point in time in the transportable worship center, which was the tabernacle. The first seven chapters, you hear what I said? A system of sacrifices. There are five basic sacrifices. It's an elaborate, detailed manual as to how they perform the sacrifices, what they do, what meat they can eat. I'm talking about the priest who offered the sacrifices. They can eat of the meat of the sacrifice. Uh, it's a very interesting study, these first seven chapters of the book of Leviticus. Those are sacrifices in the past. By the way, they're a type. You know what a type is? It's a prototype or a model or a forecast of that which is to come. A type. All these sacrifices are looking forward to the ultimate sacrifice. But do you know there's going to be some sacrifices in the future? Ezekiel. Look at Ezekiel with me just a moment. Chapter 45. Got the book of Ezekiel. Sacrifices are going to be reinstituted in the city of Jerusalem. When the temple is standing. You got Ezekiel chapter 45. That's exactly what it's talking about. Verses 18 to 25 details the sacrifices. At least three of the sacrifices. Some have suggested... And one of the great scholars on this portion of Scripture is uh, uh, John Schmidt, who's written a book, The, the uh, Messiah's Temple. You need to get a hold of that book. It tells you everything you wanted to know or afraid to ask about the coming temple. But he studies Ezekiel 40 to 46. 45 is the chapter in Ezekiel that says we're going to have sacrifices in the future temple that stands in the Jerusalem. I'm not talking about that tribulation temple. We know that the Antichrist is going to cause the sacrifice to cease in that tribulation temple. But there's going to be sacrifices in Messiah's temple during the thousand-year millennial kingdom. And those sacrifices are laid out here in Ezekiel 45, verse 18, Thus saith the Lord God, In the first month, in the first day of the month, and this is talking about the social new year, it's not talking about the, uh, the, uh, the year Passover, in, I don't believe, but it says, in the, in the first day of the month, thou shalt take a young bullock without blemish and without spot into the sanctuary, and there a sacrifice shall be offered. Probably a replication of the feast of the new year, or the feast of trumpets, which was used for the cleansing. At least this will be used for cleansing. Now look at verse 21. And in the first month, in the fourteenth day of the month, you shall have the Passover, a feast of seven days. Unleavened bread shall be eaten. And so then there's going to be the feast of Passover and a sacrifice. That's what it says right here. Look what it says. Verse 22. And upon that day shall the prince, that's not Jesus Christ, by the way. The word prince is used in the book of Ezekiel 22 times. It's not referring to Jesus Christ. It's referring to his co-regent in the coming temple who is king david who will be resurrected check it out chapter 34 chapter 37 and here in chapter 45 it details the prince now this prince who's going to be co-regent with jesus at the temple in jerusalem during the kingdom to come and upon that day shall the prince prepare for himself and for all the people of the land a bullock for a sin offering that guarantees it's not jesus christ jesus christ doesn't prepare a sacrifice for himself and for all the people he was the ultimate sacrifice 
And then it says there's going to be a feast of tabernacles, verse 25. In the seventh month and in the fifth day of the month shall be like the feast of the seven days according to the sin offering, according to the burnt offering and the other offerings, the other sacrifices that are going to be taking place. And so we see at least three feast days with sacrifices. Again, not looking forward to that which is to come, but instead looking back to. You see, this is in memorial for what he has done. Somebody gets upset almost every time I speak on this subject of sacrifices in the future temple. They say, well, I thought Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. Let me ask you a question. Was there one sacrifice given in the system of sacrifices in the book of Leviticus, chapters 1 to 7, that ever took away sin? Was there one? No. So if the sacrifices didn't take away sin in the past, why will they take them away in the future? What were they in the past? Looking forward to the ultimate sacrifice. What are they in the future? Looking back to that ultimate sacrifice. Every time we have the Lord's Supper, we don't crucify afresh and anew Jesus Christ, do we? No, in memory of what he has done. That's what this is for. When the temple stands, the sacrifices are performed in memory of what he had done. And remember, the temple's for the Jewish people. A promise that they're going to have a temple forever is found in the book of Ezekiel. Sacrifices. Sacrifices in the past. Sacrifices in prophecy. Sacrifice in the person. I said Hebrews 9 and 10. You know what it says there? Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. The blood of bull and goats could not take away sin, but the blood of Jesus Christ wash away all of my sin. The ultimate sacrifice was in a person. Not the sacrifice of the past, not the sacrifice in prophecy, the sacrifice in person, in the person of Jesus Christ, who was the ultimate sacrifice. And all of these types looking forward to what Jesus did. And so the passion in prophecy, it's important as a theme. It's important as a type or a foretelling of what's to come. The Passion and Prophecy is the title of a series, a five-hour CD audio series that deals with the passion of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Where did it happen? What day did it happen? How did it all come about? How does the red heifer play into that? What about the Mount of Olives? And what about the Song of Songs, which is a Bible book that is the Holy of Holies for the Jewish people? All of this, a part of this five-hour CD audio series, The Passion and Prophecy. It's available. You can go to our website, www www.prophecytoday.com. Go to the shopping mall and click on the Passion and Prophecy. We'll tell you how you can get your copy. Or you can call our toll-free number and order it from those who will be in the office responding to your call. That toll-free number, 8-PROPHECY-8, that's 877-674-3298. It's a toll-free number from all across America. Call right now and order your copy, the five-hour CD audio series of the Passion and Prophecy. And what you're going to come to realize is that we're quickly approaching the time when Jesus will shout to call us to be with him in the heavens. You know, that could happen at any moment. And having said that, nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until.